Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. What's the name of the song, Mike? Today, please don't say the name of the song. find it. It's going to be the very, very fun show, I can already tell. And I'm really glad the show didn't start like 15 seconds earlier because then that might have been potentially problematic. We got me, Kevin Hagelin, Corey Majors, Mike Bassick, and Mike. Yo. You got this. I believe in you. Okay. Who... Is running our show today. Ross. That is not Ross. Chris. No, that is There you go. Hey, there we go. Skinny Chris. Chris, you're skinny, man. How much you weigh? It's got probably 130, man. I can't oh lie. Oh my god. My ninth grader is <laughs> weighs more than you. I mean, do I have to change my last name? But the, at this point, I mean, Chris Skinny can also be an option if y'all like that. It's strong. That's yeah. his last name. I'm sure you already knew that. Usually, much. like, it's the opposite, though, nicknames. Usually, we'd call you, like, Fat Chris. Like, <laughs> you weigh 130 pounds. I like that one, too. Everybody's so. like, why do, they, why do y'all you call know, him Mike, that? And you're like, yeah. you don't know. I want to say, I'm really impressed at your ability to survive in the modern culture. You say many things or think many things. Oh, yeah. I'm really impressed that you've been able to make it all the way this far into 2023. All right. What was, that's a compliment, what was... It's not, 23 ain't over yet. That is a great point. Can you fire off cut number four right here? What was the biggest win or most surprising outcome of the NFL weekend? Because this feels like a pretty good one. First and 10 Niners in the Philly 48. Purdy looks left, now middle throws, caught. Broken tackle by Debo Samuel, runs for the first down, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! San Francisco! Now, I know, Corey, that you hate when that audio gets played, and you make a fair point, but it does feel like that was the biggest win of the weekend. I think there were more surprising results. Yeah. It was the the only game anybody really, truly cared about this weekend, especially here in DFW, because you're wanting to see, you know, which one of those guys comes out on top here. Um, the, The discrepancy in the score was, I think, this the surprising factor. But here's the deal, man. San Francisco plays a very bully ball style, and they decided the two best teams that we're compared to in, in the NFL, we're going to go out there and manhandle them. And yeah. they did it against the Cowboys, and they've done it against the Eagles now. And the Eagles didn't... I mean, I'm always surprised at how San Francisco can play as physical as they do, but also clean. I know there's some there's some there's some flags on what they did but they could hit you in so many different ways and come away from it without penalties and i'm like damn 
how did that happen? And you feel it for a couple weeks after you play against them. So that was definitely a the, a big surprise because you expected a little bit better of a bout between the two of them. Do you think that the biggest physical pushback that the 49ers got yesterday was from that one official or that one security the guard? The security guy who got the huge ovation as he was leaving? Of course he did. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that was probably yeah, that was as, as physical as it got, and it was from the, somebody on the sidelines. And it's kind of wild, too, because you look at it, and obviously Philly is still in a good position to take the number one seed, but <laughs> you look at it, and you're like, well, they definitely do not feel like the number one team. San Francisco, to your point yeah. from earlier, feels like the definitive number one team. I'm just going to focus on the NFC. I hear what you're saying about the NFL. Right. But for the purposes of this, the definitive number one team in the NFC, because their next two closest ones, they have destroyed both of them, and yet they're probably still going to have to go on the road to win out to win this thing. Look, last year, Philadelphia destroyed San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. I'm going to ask this question. It's a stupid question because we don't know, but... If Brock Purdy doesn't injure his elbow, do you think Philadelphia still goes to the Super Bowl I last year? I don't either. No, and I felt that way that day. Like, I just felt like he was in too good of a groove as their quarterback, and that team was playing exceptional. And if you watch that game specifically, there was nothing else. There was no offense. They couldn't do anything. Right. I mean, they, at the second half, didn't whoever else got hurt too, and they had to run a running yeah, back? Yeah, Josh Johnson, I think, was their, was their backup. Yeah, and he, he got the, hurt, yeah. I think, at one point, and it didn't matter. He was not good. But I just look at this, and look, there's. T- I hate saying this. I'm not rooting for this or whatever when people clip things and put them on the internet. But at this point, the only way, to me, San Francisco doesn't win at all and win the Super Bowl is if they have a major injury. And it seems like if they have an injury to Brock Purdy or Christian McCaffrey, that can put Philadelphia, Dallas, and AFC team back into play. But right now, watching them play healthy this year against the Cowboys, against the Eagles, when they are healthy, which they have been recently, they look unbeatable. Yeah, it, I, it, it, you're right about that. But it's, it's, it's a fantastic opportunity now for the Cowboys. Like it, it's it's legitimately the, the the perfect scenario to to try and take them down is you, now you have them next and they're gonna they're hurting like yeah. like I just said when you play the 49ers you're hurting and I know Jalen hurts goes in you know away for a little bit during the game because of concussion questions and then he comes back out and he's back out there and everything but they're gonna be physically trying to recover from this as they get ready for Sunday night and the Cowboys have a few extra days to recover from what they just went through against Seattle because they played on Thursday night. So this is a perfect opportunity for the Cowboys to stake their claim to the season. Are we all in agreement then that the biggest win was the 49ers? Because if not, I'm definitely glad to hear any other it, options. It was the it was the the score was the most surprising. The I think a huge win this weekend, Kevin, was the Texans over the Broncos. Cut number three. Let's hit it right here. Wilson gets the snap. Wilson chased. Wilson escapes the sack, throws left side of the end zone. Yes! It's intercepted. The Texans have it. Jimmy Ward. Houston's going to win. That was that was a team, Kevin, that the the Broncos were hot. Everybody was asking if they were the hottest team in the NFL right now, True. and they were. They were on they were looking very good, and Russell Wilson struggled to to stay in the pocket cuz the Texans were after him. Stingley coming coming away with some beautiful interceptions throughout that game. That was an absolute blast to watch. And C.J. Stroud, maybe not the best game, but they get enough to win. I know they lose Tank Dell with the injury and everything. Yes, they did. But, and and that was that's a really tough one because Dude, he was coming on strong. 
Yeah, the uh, but he was coming on but strong. You're not this time. But this no. this one not is Apple. a team that you didn't expect to be in the conversation at all this year, and now they're seven and five with some pretty good opportunities in front of them here. So like that, I thought this was a significant win for them, even though there were some other teams that won, like the Colts getting the you know their game and everything oh. too. What about hate the Colts, last night? Is that now the Packers put themselves in a good position to make the playoffs? Cut number six. Let's hear it. For the Green Bay Packers, because I think, to me, this was the most surprising result of the weekend. Here's the snap to Love. Rushes on. Love waits. Fires. Right side. End zone. Leaping grab. Watson. And a sensational grab. Back line of the end zone. On the right side, they beat Joshua Williams. A leaping grab. A leaping grab by Watson. And just to show you, like, how much... The Cowboys or Eagles are definitively going to be the number five seed. And I know it's probably still likely the Cowboys is the number four, six, seven, eight, and nine seeds as it sits right now in the NFC are all six and six, whereas the Cowboys sit at nine and three. So whoever doesn't win the East, and again, I realize right now that's likely the Cowboys will sit at the number five seed. And there's a big gap right there, but this was a huge win for a variety of reasons, we'll start in the NFC, but that's had huge AFC implications as well, is a huge win for the Packers. The Christian Watson is an amazing receiver. If he can just stay healthy. Like, that's the, yeah. the key for him is can We've the dude it. be yeah. on the field? And, and that's a big factor there. But, man, Mike, when it comes to Jordan Love, he has the weirdest delivery to me still. It seems like he's throwing from underneath his shoulder, and that's weird for me. But... The dude's making really good decisions. He's playing the game very well. And so just seeing like seeing how that team is coming around and 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 having these kinds of things where you thought they were just Aaron Rodgers and nothing else. Yeah. And now they're a young team that's growing together right now. It's interesting to watch. Yeah, they're a team. The thing is, they'll be either the six or seven seed if they right. make the playoffs, most likely. I, I don't even though Detroit's not very impressive, even though they won, even though they got up to a twenty-one to zero start, I think in that game, yes. they still it became a very close game, thirty-three to twenty-eight. Is I look at them and go, all right, the two and three seed are going to be right now, San Francisco and Detroit. And look, they proved on Thanksgiving they can destroy Detroit. So maybe if they get that matchup, that. As long as they're not the seven seed, because if it stays the same, whoever the seven seed is is going to get totally destroyed by San Francisco. I would if be it stays, to agree with if that. If it stays the same. But um, I look at that game watching it, and I'm like, hey, I watched them a little bit on Thanksgiving. I watched them last night against Kansas City, and I'm like, that's a pretty good team. Now, Kansas City sucks. That <laughs> their, their, their wide Damn. receiver core is horrible. It, it just it shows over and over. There was a play, and I don't know exactly what time it was. I want to say early in the fourth quarter. Um, it's Valdez Scantling. Yep. Once again, he gets open, and then he cuts to the inside, and Patrick Mahomes is like, dude, if you just run up the seam, I'm going to keep you away from the safety, and you're going to have a touchdown. But you decided to run towards the safety when I lobbed the ball up, so then it makes me look like a moron throwing the football. And then, obviously, Green Bay got some very favorable calls late in the game. Now, not favorable. I guess the refs were horrible because 
Patrick Mahomes is inbounds as he runs for 10 yards, and then you get a 15-yard penalty. That was a bad penalty. Bad. Then the next play, they go deep down to about the 15-yard line, and Valdez Scantling gets to ride the pony, whoever the guy was that decided to take a piggyback ride. Gene and they're like, wine style. They're like, uh, yeah, no, no penalty there. And then on the Hail Mary, one of the Green Bay Packers is like, I'm going to two-hand push Travis Kelsey, Kelsey in the back the while the ball's 10 yards away from landing, and the refs are like, I don't care. You can do whatever you want uh, at this point. Um, and I was like, man, there were three horrible calls by the referee, one against Green Bay, one for Green or two for Green Bay at the end. But that's a big win for Green Bay and a tough loss for Kansas City because they fall a four seed now. Now, speaking of Green Bay for just a second, do you know the last time they lost a game in December? It was 2018. They have not lost a game in December under Matt LaFleur. Now they're 16-0. and David's brother, right? I don't believe that is the case. No. I don't know no. that for a no. fact. They both went to LSU together and both played tight end. But I, I don't know that. I don't believe no. that is the case. He didn't play tight end. I'm getting old but enough positive. now that 50% of our audience have no who clue the hell who David, David LaFleur is. But you look at their schedule now. They've got the Giants, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Vikings. Like, they could continue winning throughout December, and then that will definitely be a playoff team if that's the case. And Jordan Love in his last three games, man, Jordan Love has gone through the roller coaster that you usually get with a young quarterback. Early in the season, looks unbelievable. Hit the middle of the season in a lull, and you're like, "Mm, I don't know. Last three games, eight touchdowns, no interceptions, 857 yards, three and up. So clearly that team is moving in the right direction and they're looking like a possible playoff team. Matt LaFleur was, he played wide receiver uh, at Western Michigan University and also played in the National Indoor Football League at Omaha Beef and awesome. Billings Outlaws. So that's it. No, With his brother? No, he didn't play. He didn't have a brother. Actually, I don't know that. <laughs> well, maybe they're cousins. I had <laughs> His younger brother... Mike is the offensive coordinator for the Rams. It makes sense that David would change his name. (laughs) Good Lord. After all that, to Mike, he's like, that guy just keeps killing me every every week. And we might bring this up again later, but Mike, you realize now that if the Jacksonville Jaguars went out, they will be the number one seed in the AFC. They play tonight against really tough Cincinnati Bengals. not a good Cincinnati Bengals team. Joe Burrow. He might be there cheering him on. I can't tell you how sad Kevin was to deliver that news just now. That the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> hold their destiny. Yeah. There was so much disdain. Home field advantage that, that they have like a 70% chance of selling out during the playoffs at their own stadium. It's just, and my brother-in-law is a huge Jags fan. It's just every week you're going to be like, remember that Cowboys game last year? They fought T-Law and T-Law won. <laughs> every week the, the Jags win. And I feel like I'm going to go insane, Mike. We're going to have on the Con family every day during the playoffs. Hey, you know what? Not every day, but we could probably figure Preview that out. Preview Jacksonville every day. No, not no to all if of If they're that. the one seed, it'd be good what, radio. Mike, if the Cowboys and Jaguars. We'll get on Fred Taylor. <clears throat> we'll get on Shaka Khan. No. We'll get on Mark Brunel, uh-huh. Jimmy Smith, uh-huh. and Tony Baselli. There's our five for the week. We've had Tony Baselli on. Yeah, see? Before. Baselli, Taylor. Taylor was at the Cowboys uh, spring training summer thing. 
That's and not Oxnard. A, that's not. This is training camp. This is why I need them to lose now. <laughs> We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, Barton let's Nelson talk America. about the college football playoff. Who's in, who's out, and did Florida State get job? What do you think? 877-881-1053. Want to hit us up on the truckwreck.com text line. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. He takes one final knee. Mike Norvell is doused by the Powerade bath. Let's fire up the war chant. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Plant the spear. Knowles win. Knowles win. In the Queen City, Florida State once again, the kings of the ACC. KNC Masterpiece right here <laughs> on 105.3 The Fan. They're playing in the whack or whatever. Is the college football playoff. Now, tomorrow we will still get into other aspects of college football. But for now, we'll stay focused on the playoff. Who's in? Who's out? And Florida State, did they get jobs? We're going to bring in Carter Freeman for this. Carter, I think Florida State did get jobbed. What say you? 100%. I think it's crazy that you can play in a so-called Power 5 yep. conference, go undefeated, and not make the playoff. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense that you're saying because they're without quarterback that that's it because that takes away from the idea that this is a team sport and your defense carried the stretch where you needed them to win those three games, right? Like yes. your defense did enough to to help you put, put you into that position so you could get the wins. And all year you're fighting for that as a team. And they're like, sorry, guys, your quarterback's out. Y'all aren't any good anymore. And and But the thing is, even that, they slow play. Because you know what they did, the college football committee, because they knew there would be backlash to this. And I think the way they did it was very cowardly and very intentional is broad as well as tell us when you're setting up your draft board, don't window dress your draft board. Mm -hmm. College football playoff committee absolutely did that because you know what? Jordan Travis didn't just get hurt this week. If that was the case, maybe it's a totally different conversation. He was hurt last week. Let's take a look at the rankings. Florida State, number four. Texas, number seven. Okay. Florida State beats, I, I realize, to Bobby's point, that Texas had a clearly more emphatic victory. But Florida State beat a team that was ranked higher by the committee than Texas did. 
and Texas went ahead of them, if it was just about the quarterback, that's fine. I just think in the last week or two, probably two weeks back, you should have dropped Florida State and been like, hey, without Jordan Travis, we don't think they're one of the teams. And I would be they were really hoping that at some point they were going to lose, lose right? Yes. And be like, okay, see, just like we thought. And that's why I think that's really weird and actually not weird. I think it's cowardly because if you think Texas is better than Florida State, that's fine. You should have made that move the second he got hurt and been like, this team is screwed without their quarterback. Yeah, I saw an interesting point on Twitter that if Florida State just said, oh, he has a, he's, he might come back for the playoff. You know, if they just said that, would they have, the committee have looked at this completely differently? Oh, like if they man. just lied about it because yeah. clear, they keep saying, oh, you know, it's not as big of a factor as you think it is, but it clearly was. They've been punished for it when in fact, yeah, like Corey's saying, their defense became the best defense in the country over the last two weeks. Like Louisville has a very, very good offense yes. and they held them to Six season lo- season lows in points and yards. And they're getting punished for this. And they yeah. did that with a third stringer. And Louisville, and the thing is, Louisville has a good defense too. They're almost top 25 in, you know, DPI or whatever the rankings are. And like, Clearly, they were going to play well against a third-string quarterback, but I just feel like we're just we're cherry-picking what we want to okay. uh, be mad about. I'm, I'm glad that you said that because then the argument is, if you don't think Florida State goes in, it's the best four teams, okay? It's the best four teams. Nonsense. They did not never take that way. who they think is the best four teams. If you think it's the best four teams, let's go off of how Vegas would rank or set the point spreads. Georgia's in. I don't know if Washington is in. And I think Washington definitely deserves to be in there. But you can see by the fact that Washington is a dog to Texas that, well, we didn't get that right. And Georgia would be in for sure. If you're just going off the pure, Georgia would be favored over every single one of these teams. I'm not saying that Georgia should be in the playoff. It just feels like we got a weird mix of deserve and best in this group that I, I just don't don't think works. A lot of the time, the committee has fallen for the narrative late in the season, and that's human nature. I understand that. Uh, but if you want to take the four best teams, the committee's never done that. Yeah. You look at last year, and I'm there's no disrespect to TCU. They were 100% a playoff team last year, but everyone said, oh, well, Alabama would beat them on a neutral field. Well, wouldn't they be one of the four best teams? They didn't make the playoff last year. Two years ago, you had a group of five Cincinnati undefeated. Well, Ohio State was sitting there. I'm sure the uh, you know some other SEC team would probably be favored over them on a neutral field. But you put them in the playoff, and then this year you don't do that with Florida State when they play like I said a Power Five league. I don't think there's any going back from this. If you don't play in the SEC or you don't play in the Big Ten, which all four of the teams in the playoff now will play in both of those conferences next year, like you're hosed. I will say. Texas, they lost by four points on a neutral site to Oklahoma yeah, in that did. weird rivalry game. So I'll continue to, to to champion that. But I I gotta give a lot of credit to Quinn Ewers this season. Uh there was a lot of like, hey man, the shoulder injury last year, he looked good early, and then all of a sudden he didn't turn out to be what the hype machine was right. around him coming out of South Lake to Ohio State. He didn't this year either. And, but he 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 had he led a pretty a really good team to a very an exceptional season for UT, something that I did not anticipate. But to the point about how he didn't live up to the hype this year either, there are reports over the weekend that his team they realize this, and it's becoming more and more likely, so the reports say this weekend, that he's coming back to Texas next year which I'm sure throws a crimp in the plans of the Mannings and maybe certain NFL teams and everything like that because they think he has a chance to really solidify his draft status as something special 
if he goes back again another year. So maybe year. he just needed to grow up a little bit while he was I can see that. Know, coming out of, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff coming at him uh, at South Lake. And then the the last season, maybe this year he grew up enough and Sarkeesian's like, no, you're the guy. You're that dude. And you've seen him turn it on the last two weeks. I mean, he said sure. uh, Big 12 championship game records with, what was it, 400 uh, 50 passing yards, something around there. Four yeah, it was touchdowns. 380, I think, with uh, Sam Bradford before. Uh, yeah. And then uh, and then he goes and does that. So that was nice. Well, I, my opinion isn't a very strong one on this. I'm not a uh, diehard college football fan. Is I just don't know what would have been exactly right. I think as That's we discuss this, I look at Georgia. I look at Florida State. Uh, I look at Ohio State. I know Ohio State wasn't getting in because they lost the game at Michigan, but that was a competitive game. I could see where Ohio State could go on a two- or three-game run, and next year all those teams will be in the playoffs. I just feel like this year was maybe the toughest year out of since 2015, since they started this, to really get the four teams you wanted because I think you could look at it and look at seven teams Ohio State probably on the outside. So you could look at six teams, Georgia holding the number one spot all year, uh, and then Florida State obviously going undefeated and having – they couldn't have done any more. You can't do better than 13-0. and 0. So I, I don't know. It's just – it's a tough one for me. I think there's strong opinions, and I don't think you have a wrong opinion on this one if you say these are the four teams that should be in in this order. I don't know if there's a wrong answer or that, well, that's the perfectly right answer. And I think it's – it's both good and bad that this happened in the final year because when the playoff got introduced that first year was when TCU and Baylor got left out. They both got dropped at the very end of the, the time. Great debate. Incredible debate. That's why we love college so much is because, you know, it's subjective. You get to decide who you think is best and argue with your friends about it. With the 12-team playoff come next year, that'll come down to the 10 and the 11. Like, we'll still have that debate. You'll just have more of the teams that, yes, they probably deserve to be in up at the top. And that's the that was the thing I was saying is Oklahoma is going to be involved uh, if that if that was the case this year they would be there yeah they they'd be the first team out and they don't deserve to be in, like they don't really deserve to be involved in that because of the high level that you're gonna the separation you get in those top four teams or even maybe the top two teams a lot of times but I think what what's the next phase of this if Florida State goes out and just gets trampled by Georgia then everybody's gonna say see I, I don't you. think so. This is the built-in SEC excuse. If you look historically, oh yeah, because they didn't care. The SEC, I will say, look, clearly the SEC is the best conference and they usually end up winning the national championship. But the SEC has a brilliant built-in excuse that if they make it, well, it's because they're the best. But if they don't and they lose in their inferior bowl game, it's because they just didn't care enough because they got ripped off. In whatever scenario. So if, they, if if Georgia just rolls Florida State, then does Florida State have the same excuse? Oh, for sure. And But both teams are... We just are, didn't care because we got jobbed by the college football player. Whichever way it happens with either one of those teams, right? So like, let's say Florida State wins, and they win like a really close game. Everyone's going to be like, oh, see, I knew it. They should have been in. But if they lose, they're going to be like, yeah, because those kids were heartbroken because they didn't make it. Same thing with Georgia. If Georgia wins, they're going to be like, see, we told you. You should have given them a chance to defend their national title. And I had a side question about that then. Just let's say Georgia would have beaten Alabama. Do you think there's any chance then that they would have taken Florida State instead? Here's my logic. is because all of a sudden, Texas's best win is still a really good win. But it looks but, a little worse. It looks a little worse. Plus, the committee is like, hey, 
We took four undefeated Power Five conference champions. You can't be mad at us for that. So I, I'm seriously curious about that. That's a great question. Thank you. I don't know because Texas did, to Bobby's point uh, in crosstalk, Texas looked amazing to end the they season did. while Florida State struggled because they didn't have their quarterback. For sure. <sighs> I think I would go with they would take the four undefeated champions. And see, and that, that's, that's never happened before. You've yeah. never had that many undefeated teams this late in the season. So I don't see how you don't take all four of them. And so, obviously, we talked a lot about Florida State-Louisville game for Texas, but ended up being the Alabama mm-hmm. because, and that's where they got stuck, right? Because you couldn't have put Alabama in and not Texas, but you couldn't still put Georgia in and not Alabama. And I think they were like, yeah, but you could have put Texas and Florida state in and you, not Bama. Yeah. Because if we want to nitpick uh, Florida state and the league that they play in, well, Alabama almost lost to USF in week three on they the road. They should have lost that game to Auburn. Should have lost to Auburn. Very well could have lost to Arkansas at home. And, and guess I, what? They lost to Texas. And there that, is a loss on that record. And, and there that, was none on Florida State's. That's one of the issues I have when people nitpick out they could have, should have, would have lost this game. Because I saw somebody say Florida State could have, should have, would have. You're right. But I can do that to just about every team. I yeah, can do Auburn Texas. wasn't yeah. a good team. And they had fourth and goal. 31. 31. And Alabama got a miracle touchdown. Yeah. And if that doesn't happen, then Alabama's definitely out. Texas almost lost to Kansas State and TCU in back-to-back weeks. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. Yeah, but TCU they, was in the national championship no, game last, last year. Last year, you saw they them lose to Oklahoma game. by a million <laughs> and, points. And this year, they, TCU did lose to Sportsman of the Year, uh, Deion Sanders. Yeah. So that was, that was a had, tough had, yeah, had Deion that had a great year. Don't worry about all I still think really this. Put me on record as this. You can throw it in my face two years from now. I think Dion only coaches two more years of college football and is back on the NFL network. That's a possibility. Woo. I do I do have a question though regarding like we can argue the you know who got snubbed and everything. The next phase of this is do, do we have exciting games ahead of us though? Or Definitely. Are these gonna be fun? Yes, I told that to my friends as soon as the rankings came out. Like, look, I'm not happy. I think Florida State yeah. should have been in, but regardless. Uh, Michigan-Alabama in the Rose Bowl, that's going to be a great game. I'm really sad that's not Michigan-Washington because that would have been a Big Ten-Pac-12 matchup in the last in the year Rose Bowl. the Rose yeah. Bowl as we know it oh, now. Wow, yeah. But then Texas-Washington is a rematch of last year's Alamo Bowl, which Washington won. So, And you've got that great Texas defense with a little bit of a suspect secondary going up against the best receivers in the playoff. So those are going to be great games. And here's what I'll say about Florida State-Georgia in the Orange Bowl. If Florida State wins, why wouldn't they just claim the national championship? Oh, that's a great point. If they're undefeated. Like the old AP-style national title? Yeah. UCF, a group of five team, claimed it six years ago. Same state, which I just think it's funny that this is all happening in Florida. They claimed it. I believe they have something up in their stadium that says 2017 national champions. Because an official selector, the (laughs) Collie Matrix, named them number one. Why wouldn't Florida State do the same thing? That, man, I would love to see it. And by the way, props to Carter. Before the season started, he said, you watch out for Washington. Even when Oregon was a massive favorite this last weekend, Washington prevails. They're in the college football playoff, as you predicted back in, like, July. You're a smart guy. Sometimes, every once in a while, I get something right. Just don't look that I also had Penn State in my playoff this year. You didn't have to do that to yourself. Yeah, Yeah, you you shouldn't have said that. Now we can't trust you anymore. That was not going to You obviously like guys that drop their elbow and push the ball into – He's a good pusher, though. The Penix, he's a good push thrower. It's such a funky motion, but he's so accurate. He's yeah. so stupid accurate with his deep pass. Yeah. Just think if he got his elbow above his shoulder, what he could do. <laughs> World's not Is that ready. what you would tell people in the draft rooms? Like, look how good he is now. 
Can you imagine if he can get his elbow? I'm scared. I, I would be scared to death in a way to draft him as a NFL quarterback. But to your point, Carter, he's unbelievable. I watched that uh, Oregon game after I turned on Channel 8 and was like, what the crap's going on? And had to go through 73 different ways to get the game oh, on yeah. television. Yeah. Um, and finally got it on the ESPN app yeah. or whatever. But yeah. uh, he's very accurate. He looks very good back there. Yet at the same time, I look at that motion and go, hey, he doesn't throw the ball correctly, and will that work? He throws the ball way better than Tebow, but he throws the ball in a similar motion like Tebow. I don't know how he does it, man. Yeah. Meanwhile, it. I assume we'll talk about this tomorrow, but the Heisman Trophy winner is going to come from a school that Florida State beat. Yeah, one Alabama beat too. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next. It's top for baseball nuggets with Mike Bashak. The winter meetings have started, and there's not great news for oh, Ranger fans. Oh, no. Can't see Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan right now. It's time for baseball nuggets with Mike Bashak. All right. Thanks a lot, Skinny Chris. Thanks a lot to the Diamond Factory, who I think still sponsor baseball nuggets, but let's I don't know. Go. Um, let's talk about where the rumors are in Nashville right now. If you don't know, the winter meeting started yesterday uh, for the most part. And in fact, the Mariners and the Braves had a five-player trade yes. uh, that went through. The major name that I think Ranger fans would know, Jared Kelnick, who was a big-time prospect with the Mets, who got traded to the Mariners, never really worked out for the Mariners. He did get off to a nice start this year and had a pretty good season. I won't say a bad season, uh, but the Braves believe that he's ready to break out. And so they took on, uh, I don't have it in front of me, uh, White, the first baseman, and then another pitcher, uh, Gonzalez, who I believe is owed like $12.5 million. Okay. The Mariners are kicking in some money, but this was a little bit of a salary dump for the Mariners. And for the salary dump, they got Jared Kelnick. So they believe Kelnick can be one of their everyday outfielders in Atlanta and and ready to contribute, but... Uh, that was kind of the first major move that happened in Nashville. Uh, nothing else has really happened yet. Uh, we do have on MLB Network right now on the television. But here's what's coming out of Nashville right now. We talked last week about it looks like the Rangers are not going to bid for Otani. They're not yep. even going to put in an offer. So the Otani to Texas is over and done with. But then we get to Yamamoto. And unfortunately, this morning, reading multiple articles – the Rangers are not in on Yamamoto either. So he is the big-time Japanese pitcher who's 25 years old. It looks like he's probably going to get, I'm going to guess, around eight years and $250 million. Wow. It says that uh, the Giants are very aggressive on him. Then it says the Yankees, the Mets, the Red Sox, and the Dodgers are also teams that are trying really hard to get Yamamoto to sign with them. Uh, the Rangers are now left out of these articles. So as last week, the Rangers were with the seventh or eighth in the article. Now they're not even including the Rangers okay. in the articles today. So I'm assuming the Rangers are not going to make a strong offer of, it looks like the offer, it says going to be well north of $200 million. My guess is eight for 250 which gives you above $30 million per year yeah. on Yamamoto. It looks like the Rangers don't want anything to do with that. So that's kind of where we're at right now and then there was an article where uh it says the rangers are in more maintenance this offseason they want to maintain the good team that they have they know that they need to to work on the team 
but they're not going to do what they have done the past two off seasons. So okay. at this point, being out on Otani and out on Yamamoto, uh, I don't know the direction the Rangers are going to go. I really don't. I'm wondering, as we heard early in the offseason, that they might not be in super play for Jordan Montgomery, bringing him back. Maybe they are now. Maybe with they're, they're out on Otani, they're out on Yamamoto. If they're in maintenance, wouldn't you want to maintain arguably yes. the best left-handed starting pitcher in the playoffs last year? That, that's the part that I don't understand is you spend potentially beyond your means or what you think right. your means are right now on the other two pitchers or players. I know Otani can't pitch this year. I get that. But Jordan Montgomery, you there are several players you can say this about. You do not win that World Series without him. So if they end up getting outbid, I get that. But just to hear that maybe they won't even be in play for that, that is crazy to me. Yeah, so we'll see if that comes back into play. And look, not everything's going to happen in the next three to four days uh, at the winter meetings. Uh, here's another kind of Rangers rumor situation that we've been reading up on. Uh, Mitch Garver, designated hitter for the Texas Rangers and backup catcher. We're not sure if he's going to be back with the Rangers right. or not. Uh, the article that I read said, look, he is testing the open market. He would like to catch a little bit more than he caught for the Texas Rangers. The Rangers have Jonah Hyman, all-star catcher. So it is tough to split time with an all-star catcher. Uh, and he, if he came back here to the Texas Rangers, he would probably catch 25 to 33% of the time, probably closer to 25% if Jonah Hyman is healthy. And he would DH a lot of the other games. But I think he wants to catch. I think he wants to have a kind of more of a shared consistency catcher yeah. situation, like okay. a fifty-fifty split, and then be able to DH uh, the thirty other percent, and then sit out twenty percent of the games. As a catcher, you do have to have more okay. off days than okay. any other position. So I'm not saying Mitch Garver isn't coming back to the Texas Rangers. Even I think you saw on Twitter. Corey, where he's like, hey, it doesn't mean I'm not going to be a Texas Ranger next yeah. year. Yeah, I, I was uh, one of our, our friends had a, a post from Instagram and it said, uh, hey, man, we're going to miss you next year. And he said, who says I'm not coming back? Right. So, so it's still oh, in play. Spicy. But I was uh, seeing something from, I believe, as MLB trade rumors that the Rangers are prepared. If things don't go right at the DH spot, they are prepared to really give Justin Foscue an opportunity in spring training to win that job. So he was the 14th overall pick in the 2020 draft. Evan Carter was the second round pick. So he was out of Mississippi State as a second baseman. He's trying to – I think they played him some in the outfield this year in the minor leagues. I think they're trying to see if he can play a position. But I always thought it was an interesting pick – in that they kind of drafted a landlocked second baseman yeah. with the 14th overall pick, is that I was like, well, can he play third or outfield? And they're like, ah, we think he's kind of a second baseman. And I was like, that's interesting. Usually you take a shortstop with the 14th pick and go, hey, we can move him to second base or we can move him to third or we can move him to the outfield. Uh, but Justin Fosk, you might, I'm not saying he will, but he might be your designated hitter next year if – Mitch Garver doesn't come back if they don't get a person like, let's say, Justin Turner, who we've brought up, uh, who used to be with the Dodgers. Who you'll probably know him with the Dodgers last year. He's with the Red Sox and had a nice year, 23 homers last year, almost 100 RBIs. 
with the Red Sox. But they, there is kind of the, hey, we think in our farm system, Justin Foscue can fill this role if that role is available. And I'm really excited that we're going to get the opportunity to potentially see him at a bigger level stage because yeah. we've talked about him forever. Yeah, obviously drafting somebody 14th overall, that's a pretty high pick. I mean, yeah. that's obviously in the middle of the first round. You're drafting somebody with the 14th overall pick. You're projecting, this is not easy to say, but you're projecting that guy's going to have a 6-10 to 10 year major league yeah. career doesn't mean they always will now let's go to another draft pick in the rumor mill the rangers aren't trading jack Leiter, but they're listen if if the right trade is available and that team says we want the number two overall pick in 2021 Whoa. jack Leiter. the rangers are okay with moving him in the right trade they were okay with moving him at the deadline in fact that great um from Dayton Moore, the, if you're listening last week, where Dayton Moore kind of gave the the meeting that they had at the All Star break, saying we're willing to trade all of our prospects to go all in. Well, Jack Leiter was on the table. Now Jack Leiter was not having a good year at the All Star break, so I don't know if teams were even interested in Jack Leiter. Jack Leiter did ha- did have a good finish to his season last year, so it puts him maybe back in play with teams going, hey, if we're going to trade Dylan Cease, if we're going to trade Tyler Glass now. We would like to get Jack Leiter back in the deal. It sounds like the Rangers are willing to put him as part of a deal if there's a deal to be made with another team where it's you're going to have to include some premium prospects. Jack Leiter, it sounds like, is not off the table for the Texas Rangers. They would be willing to move him. The, the audio that we heard last week from uh, – uh, I'm sorry, who was the guy? that D- Dayton Moore? Yeah, from Dayton Moore. That audio makes you feel like that – most of the guys in that room for the decision making probably started looking at this thing going, All right, I'm not locked in on anybody anymore. You yeah. know, that maybe there aren't a bunch of guys that we're just uh, holding on to because this thing can be won in a different way. This is only my opinion. I'd have nothing to back this up. It says here that Josh Hader could set a new reliever standard. They think he's going to get north of $100 million on a wow. five year deal. I just don't think the Rangers are going to play in that that pool especially I don't think all the other stuff we hear is right yeah i just don't think Avi's edwin diaz last year got a five-year 102 million dollar offer from the mets that he signed they're saying he's going to get more than that i don't think the rangers are going to give a relief pitcher over 20 million dollars a year that's only my guess but let me throw this out in this article other relievers uh attracting significant interest include robert stevenson who we talked about uh, last week, I watched some stuff on him. I do really like his stuff. He throws the ball around 97 miles an hour, a cutter at 88, a slider at 85, mixes in a split finger fastball. He's not going to cost you $20 million a year, but it does say he'll cost you over $10 million a year. He'll probably get like a three-year deal or a four-year deal. at okay. probably. I'm going to guess somewhere between 12 to $14 million a year is my guess. Because he's been an inconsistent reliever. If you look at his career, he's 30 years old, pitched great for Tampa to end the season, but has been inconsistent in his career. So you are going to pay somebody a lot of money that's inconsistent. But if you're paying him that much money, you believe he's going to be consistent for the three-year period or possibly four-year period that you have him. Another reliever that I'm interested in, because this does two things. It takes one reliever away from the Houston Astros and adds him to your bullpen. Hector Neris. 
is a free agent. He's 34 years old. He had a 1-7 ERA last year for the Houston Astros. Uh, you know, heavier guy, if you remember him for the Houston Astros, right-handed guy. He's good. Uh, he wouldn't be a long-term contract because he's 34 years old. So you're probably looking at a two-year, $12 million deal. So if I said, hey, I'm going to give you Robert Stevenson and Hector Neris, two good right-handed relievers for one Josh Hader, I think the Rangers will go for two for one over just the one guy is my opinion. I don't know. It's I don't know if the Rangers are super in on Robert Stevenson, if they're in at all on Hector Neris. Araldis Chapman is part of this article. Yeah. I wouldn't mind bringing him back on a one-year deal. Uh, I think that he did his job. It's it's not easy. It's not the most uh, easy ride uh, with Araldis Chapman. Chapman experience. But uh, I do think there's relievers out there that the Rangers are intrigued in and probably won't go to the five-year, $110 million deal that Josh Hader is looking for and probably will get. But um, those are kind of your Rangers rumors there. There's other rumors out of Nashville. If anything breaks, you know we'll have it here at 105.3 The Fan. We got, uh, you know, everything ready to go if the Rangers make a big trade or a big signing in the next, uh, this this week, I will say, at the winter meetings. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we might talk a little Mavs unless we can avoid it. Plus, we will talk with our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola, right here on 105.3 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.